a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. This is Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in for Boyd today. Having a great time. Thanks so much for having me along on your morning. And if you're out there on the road, let me share with you the most important piece of information that I possibly could right now because we need something from you uh, if you're out on the roads. There is an Amber Alert out right now. And, um, and that Amber Alert is looking for a car. Here's the, identif- here's, here's the description of the car. It's a blue 2008 Toyota Prius. The license plate is E847GT. So blue 2008 Toyota Prius. The license plate is E847GT. And so please keep your eyes open for it. This is, I, I think right now we are the best hope for the family, those of us that are out there. Because, of course, police officers are limited in the amount of area they can see, but we can see much, much more. And, and, and you guys, I know this really works because a number of years ago when Alex and I were doing on the, the Nightside Project, that was, of course, if you remember, an evening program. And it was, and we used to get a lot of Amber Alerts. And it was because of the timing. You know, kids wouldn't return home from school. The parents would assume they were at a friend's house. And then by the time, uh, and then by the time they started to get worried, start calling around, then the police are notified. You know, you're getting into the evening and nighttime hours by the time the police are notified and the process it goes through and then an ambulance, an amber alert is issued. And the police can, the police can turn around an amber alert quickly, but sometimes the families are delayed in contacting police because they don't, they don't know of a problem or, and, and also because for a little while you try and manage it yourself, right? Well, which friend's house did they go to? And so we used to get uh, a lot of amber alerts and we had, I, I'm remembering at least one where the car was spotted by a KSL listener just within a very, very short time of the Amber Alert going out. And we were always so proud of that. And we just thought it was phenomenal that uh, that um, a KSL listener was able to do that and to, to bring some, uh, to help get that kid to safety. It was an amazing experience. And so I know the power of, of this station in these circumstances. So uh, they're looking for a blue 2008 Toyota Prius with a license plate E847GT. Call 911 because that's the car that police are saying Emily Jolly's driving. She is the Amber Alert suspect. All right. Now, uh, and I don't, I, I don't have a lot of more information from that. You know, a lot of times these Amber Alerts are, are real light on details, but I think we've got enough, though, that hopefully someone will, will see this. Hey, uh, next up on the show, um, I wanted – we were going to jettison politics here for a couple of minutes, but, but I actually had a little bit of a, of a trivia thing I wanted to throw in here that is loosely politically related. Uh, it came up just because of the times and because of what's been happening. But it has to do with lying in state at the U.S. Capitol building. Now, you're familiar with this, right? It's an honor reserved for not very many people. It's a, it's a pretty short list, presidents, members of Congress, um, 
Uh, a couple of others. I, I, I can't think off the top of my head, but it, not just anyone can lie in state in the U.S. Capitol building. They've been doing it since 1852, and I was shocked to learn that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the 36th person to lie in state in the U.S. Capitol building. Did you know that? In all that time, in fact, just across the entire United States history, they've only been doing it since, you know, 1852, but in all this time, only 36 people have lied in state at uh, in the U.S. Capitol building. And I didn't realize how rare it was. I think we all understand how special that is, right? And how special it must be for a family to have that kind of honor. Uh, it's, it's unimaginable, right, for all of us. Uh, what an amazing and special thing. But I didn't realize it was so rare. In fact, fewer people have lain in state at the Capitol building than have been elected president. <laughs> Did you guys realize that? I mean, that's astonishing. Uh, something else I thought was cool for that have lain in state were um, remains of unidentified soldiers representing various branches of the military, um, representing those uh, who've fallen in combat and who haven't been identified. And I, th that was profound. I read about that this morning. And that, that really is a profound thought. Members of the military is another category that uh, that are eligible for uh, to lay in state. But, you know, it's it's super, super rare. I was really surprised by that. Okay. Uh, the next thing we need to talk about here, I wanted to share an experience with you, and it's related to the coronavirus. And I know the coronavirus is the thing that everyone's just so eager to continue to talk about, I know. But uh, we had an update yesterday, 1,068 new cases, five new deaths. The rolling seven-day average for new cases is now 974 per day. And, of course, that's going to change with today's announcement. But uh, I wanted to, even though the numbers have been ticking back up, I feel like we can still, though, see something of a light at the end of the tunnel, at least I hope. Uh, because I had the chance, and I hadn't done this since actually well before coronavirus, uh, uh, but it was off the table, of course, during so far up until this point. But I actually took a flight. It was for work. I went to St. George and came back. So I didn't go far. But I was actually really impressed with kind of how it all went. And I was grateful to be able to do it because it just kept me working. You know, I work for a small business like many of you do. And the precautions that we've been taking with the masks and the sanitizing and the precautions on planes, right, with the fewer seats and all and all the extra hassle, you know what it's done? It's allowed us to keep working. And I wound up being so grateful for that. And so impressed at all the people that came together, not just at the airline, but also at my hotel to make sure that we could continue our business. Because that's the whole point, right? That we're able to continue our business. And I, and I love that. And I know that, that things are ticking back up again, but I, my hope is, is that even as we see an increase in cases, and that's because of kids going back to school and because of, you know, a few pockets of, of communities that are just not playing ball with the rest of us. I guess they just don't understand what it takes to, to run a business. But my hope is, is that we'll be able to avoid any kind of major shutdown that, you know, with what we're doing now, we're going to continue to have cases, we're going to continue to have deaths, and we're going to have to deal with each one of those as they come. But we can also try our best to move forward to provide for our families and, and keep them as safe as reasonably possible. And, and honestly, my experience was really a bright light, even as the even as the coronavirus cases have, have ticked up. But it was it was phenomenal to see all of that come together. And I felt, I felt really good. I, I, I was going to go either way, right? It's an expectation of my job, but, but I, I didn't at any point feel like I was taking 
an unnecessary risk. I felt very good at every point that the risk that I was taking, there always is, was okay, that I was able to mitigate it and that it was going to be worth the trip to be able to service our clients and, and move our business forward. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what we want to do, right? That's what all of us want to do. So that was a cool experience. I just wanted to share that with you guys that I think that's the bright spot that is as long as we just keep doing what we know we have to do, even as these cases tick up in certain areas among certain age groups and certain communities, we can manage this. We just got to keep our heads on straight, right? And remember each other. We can keep our heads on straight, remember each other, that I know that we can uh, give ourselves the flexibility to to keep our businesses running and even expand them when the, when the possibility occurs. Keep everyone working, keep those paychecks coming in and, and hopefully hopefully start paying down some of those bills we racked up this year. Holy cow. What a year it's been. All right. We got to grab a quick break. When we come back though, uh, I want to talk, I'm going to pivot a little bit and I don't know how often uh, Boyd Matheson hits sports here. I promise it's not going to be a major sporty sports segment, but I didn't want to talk about sports because that's been kind of a unique feature of 2020. There's been a lot of drama around it and a lot of stuff going on, but I got a few things that I wanted to share with you in terms of information and take on uh, on sports and the role that they're playing in 2020 in uh, the United States because I think it's really an unexpected one. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Keep those texts coming in at 57500. Love reading them. And when we come back... We're going to talk a little bit of football and a lot of America, so stay tuned. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.